My name's Jacqueline Dunkley-Bent and I'm the Chief Midwifery Officer for the NHS in England and I'm delighted. This is an exciting Tuesday. Why? Because we have two Chief Nurses with us today, the fabulous Alison Smith from North Cumbria University Hospital and Mandy Sunderland, Chief Nurse from Nottingham University Hospitals. Delighted to have these Chief Nurses with us today. Hello, ladies. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. So uh, this is uh, the second of uh, podcasts, and the subject is continuity of carer. And I'm really keen to get the Chief Nurse perspective on continuity of carer and our pace of change. As you know, this is a policy ambition. We want most women to have continuity of carer by 2021. And this is all about improving outcomes for women and their families. The evidence tells us that continuity of carer will improve outcomes. We have data that tells us that if you deploy this model of working, you will reduce the potential for preterm birth by 24%. And there are many other data that really paint an exciting picture for improving the care that women receive in England. Ultimately, my ambition is to ensure that England is the safest place in the world to have a baby. And we've consulted with many women for better births. We've consulted and supported and listened to our heads and directors of midwifery, the leaders of our maternity services who are doing an amazing job. We've listened to our consultant midwives, our teachers, our academics, our researchers, our specialist midwives, policy leads, other colleagues. And we're at a situation now where we are trying to move further faster in delivering this ambition. We have planning guidance on the table that tells us that by March next year, 35% of women will receive continuity of carer. The data this year that was measured in March 2019, whilst we had a target of 20% of women receiving continuity of carer, we slightly fell short of that and we were at 17.3% but that was 10,000 women that received continuity of carer more than we had prior to the implementation of better births. So we've done many things to influence the pace of change including publication road trips. I've been out on the road with my deputies Yana Richards and Claire Matthews speaking, influencing, encouraging. We've got guidance, we have toolkits, we've got the Royal College of Midwives who have an iLearn module, there is a continuity of care, a game for example and now we're focusing on that important narrative and perspective from our chief nurses. So I'm delighted that we're in the Midlands and in the North, or rather having those regions represented from Alison and Mandy. So I'm now going to hand over to Mandy. But before I do, I just want to say that we need to be reminded of why we are really pushing the boundaries of ensuring most women have continuity of care. We have an ambition to reduce mortality, morbidity and avoidable brain injury reduced by 50% by 2025 and implementing continuity of care will support us toward achieving that ambition. 
So I'm now going to open this up to our chief nurses to seek their view and pearls of wisdom and their perspective about our pace of change. So Mandy, over to you. Okay, Jacqueline, thank you very much. And I think the first thing I want to say is just to um, reiterate and agree with everything you said about the benefits of this model. And I think that's now unequivocal for all of us professionally. And because it's about high quality care and it's about better outcomes for mums and babies, I don't think that professionally we can argue against it. I think um, at the moment though there are some challenges that we're all having to work our way through as we go into implementation. Um, as with a lot of things in the NHS at the moment, one of the, the biggest ones is availability of workforce. And so we're having to, um, at Nottingham University hospitals, which I'll call NUH going forward, it's not such a mouthful. Um, we're doing this slowly but surely and thoroughly because we have huge tertiary service on two sites. I have two delivery suites and, and uh, two maternity services and two level three neonatal units. Um, I've got the issues that are facing us all around the retirement boom mm. in that the, there's a huge proportion of my most experienced midwives that can retire in the next three years um, and strangely enough for us in the last 18 months um, it's a bit of irony here but we've had a huge lot of maternity leave <laughs> so there has been something about how do we implement this initiative properly but safely so it doesn't destabilize the services that we've already got and that's what we've been working through probably the last 18 months since it was announced and i'm delighted to say that our first team went live on the 1st of july Fantastic. and our second team go live on the 1st of september that's brilliant news um, and already there are some lessons learned um, and we're reflecting regularly on could we have done something differently or better but the one thing that we are doing is making sure that the whole organisation is, is aware of this change. Um, from the board uh, we have quarterly maternity reports that go to QAC which is our quality and safety committee which is the subcommittee of the board. Uh, where we have several NEDs that sit on that. So maternity report goes quarterly to that. Uh, and then we have an annual midwifery or maternity report that goes to Trust Board and that's delivered by our director of midwifery. So they've been appraised that this initiative was coming for some time and that they're now aware that we're going into implementation. From an operational point of view, um, I really believe that nurses and midwives need to be sisters and brothers together and they're not you know two completely separate entities so we have a nursing and midwifery board um, at NUH and that comprises all of the nursing midwifery leaders we meet once a week uh, sorry once a month I chair that and that's where we bring any policy initiatives uh, any challenges in practice and we debate those so that everybody's aware so our director of midwifery has uh, 
brought a report and did a presentation to the whole of Nursing Midwifery Board about this initiative and she'll be bringing quarterly updates about what they're learning, um, the challenges that they're facing um, and the successes too because we're already starting to get some great feedback from mums. That's really good to hear. So um, could you share any of the feedback that you might be getting, Mandy? Uh, there's one particularly, um, Jacqueline, because I knew you were going to say this. So my director of midwifery rang me yesterday because she was so um, so thrilled to get this feedback. And we do have a lady uh, in her 30s who's pregnant at the moment. She'll be going through... Um, this initiative and for some complex reasons this lady cannot speak um, this is totally relating to other healthcare problems and when she was told that she was going to have continuity of, of a midwife um, she it, her feedback was that she was so so relieved because one of the things she was frightened of was having to repeatedly tell her story to different healthcare professionals through her pregnancy journey. And that's particularly hard for her because she can't speak. Mm -hmm. So our midwifery team are already kind of, wow, you know, how wonderful mm -hmm. this is going to be for this lady. And this is a real life example yes. of um, the benefits that this pilot will bring. Fantastic, great, that's really good to hear. And thank you very much for sharing your perspective. Um, we're gonna come back to you, Mandy, we haven't okay. finished yet. But um, now let's hear, let's go over um, to the north of England and um, a different region altogether. And let's hear from Alison. Okay, thank you, Jackie. Uh, so, so yeah, um, so I am here from North Cumbria um, University Hospitals and um, my role is actually over the the acute trust and also the community mental health trust and the system so it's quite a, a different role really um, but um, I started in post in November so obviously a lot of this work had already kicked off before I started in post um, and the we, we work very much in Cumbria um, across a system rather than individual providers to try and look at the patient pathway um, obviously that's something that's happened in maternity for a long time but it's it's less established in some of the other services um, so in Cum in in Cum North Cumbria uh, we, we have worked very very closely to establish a system leadership board um, the and we have a, si a single exec um, system leaders um, across that board and obviously as the chief nurse I'm the system leader for a number of, of different areas um, and take on the maternity and children and young people's agenda within my portfolio. Um, we work very, really closely with the, the CCG, North Cumbria CCG, and we have some system um, board, programme board set up, and we have one for maternity and children and young people. Mm. So a lot of this work has actually been led through that board, which I haven't been um, very close to until more recently, um, because I've now managed to, to be able to get a deputy into post, which has allowed me to be freed up to look a bit more at more of the strategic things. Um, interestingly that deputy was our previous head of midwifery right. um, and we have now appointed a new head of midwifery to the trust who's come to us from Gateshead. Um, so the programme board that, that has been established had um, an SRO um, who led the uh, obviously the LMS work 
um, and that's done, that's happened that's gone really really well but unfortunately she's just retired um, so actually I've I'm now taking on the SRO lead for the LMS which obviously it, which is where initially the the program of work around continuity of care reports into from a governance point of view and then up to system leadership board but if we take it back to the trust um, obviously the trust has the, the trust board and a bit like Mandy's described we have a quality and safety committee underneath the trust board um, and quarterly our head of midwifery attends the quality and safety committee um, and updates on the various different elements of work related to maternity transformation and improvement of which this is obviously um, one of them so the head of midwifery comes feeds back to, into the quality and safety committee and then we would um, like Mandy describes that would go up to the board um, in terms of a summary really and anything we potentially needed to escalate mm -hmm. um, and an annual report would go to the to the board as well um, in Cumbria we have two services two maternity services two hospital sites and we have um, cons um, midwifery services on both sites consultant led um, we have recently been um, out to consultation on whether that was the um, kind of continued direction of travel given we are um, fairly rural and remote services but with that brings its challenge but also brings opportunities to be fair doesn't it so we will continue the consultation has ended we will continue to have two separate maternity sorry, separate site based maternity services obviously working as one as one team we are challenged in in North Cumbria um, around workforce and we do have um, about 10% of the um, vacancy rate across the organization um, I have to say, thankfully, maternity is 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 not at ten percent. It's actually less. So recruitment of midwives is fairly static in in North Cumbria. So um, we hope to um, to continue that. I think the given the the workforce challenges that we've got and and the and the services operator on the two sites, forty minutes away from each other, very rural. Obviously, that that brings with it challenges around transferring of patients, ladies from one to the other which are obviously people will will understand about but I guess how this has been approached in terms of implementation of continuity of care in North Cumbria has been very much a system-based approach not specifically just looking at at the provider so the system program board around maternity and children and people has engagement from um, members across the system so local authority um, the trust providers the CCG um, obviously the public members of the public etc um, and um, we have the the NED support would come from the trust ie the the lead a bit like Mandy's described around the quality and safety committee so mm -hmm. the person who chairs our quality and safety committee is a clinical person and she would obviously be the NED that would take the leadership role with me around um, development and support so um, I think obviously we've we've done a lot of work so far. I think um, led very much by the previous head of midwifery, and that will continue with a new head of midwifery. Right. I think it'll be um, interesting because of um, a different approach used in the trust that the new head of midwifery is coming from. So there'll probably be a bit of learning that we can do from from the two organisations. Um, so um, so that's that's it. I think from from me at this stage. Right. Okay sounds um, as though the infrastructure mm. is really good to have firm foundations and an infrastructure it yeah. demonstrates commitment doesn't it yeah. um, because we're in this for sustainability yeah. and where people are making baby steps yeah. um, this yeah. is about a sustainable service yeah. for the future so um, thank you very much for sharing that two different um, the same 
but different perspectives from different parts of, of England. So thank you very much, Alison. I'm really keen to um, hear from both of you about a pearl of wisdom or a few pearls of wisdom that you would give to us at NHS England, NHS Improvement. If you could, I know we're three, we're three years now into Better Birth, two years to go to achieve this policy ambition, and then we kind of morph into the long-term plan. And there's more continuity there because we're focusing our efforts toward socioeconomically disadvantaged and women from um, Asian, Asian British, black British uh, communities who, well, the data has told us that they are more likely to have morbidity and more likely um, to lose life from a maternal and um, a neonatal perspective. So that's kind of moving into the long-term plan. But here we are on this really important journey, three years in, and I really would like to hear from you about a pearl of wisdom, or a few pearls of wisdom that we need to really listen to. And we do listen at NHS England, NHS Improvement. And the pearl of wisdom to help us to ensure that the pace of change that you are starting, supporting within your respective regions will really gain momentum so that in 2021, we have most women on a pathway for continuity of care, a pathway that's sustainable. So who shall I go to first? Let's go to Mandy. Okay, so I think, um, Jacqueline, you, you've used one word several times, and I think that's the most important thing, and that's about sustainability. Um, there are some of us of a certain age who were around uh, in the 90s when team midwifery mm. and these things were tried before mm. and there are still some of our uh, more mature midwives who were around then as well and mm. um, we've had people say to us well we did this once before and it didn't work yeah. so what's going to be different and I think um, if if I was to make a plea uh, to policymakers and, and regulators and, and people who, who are there to be our voice. It's about sustainability and not trying to rush things yeah. because one, as chief nurses, directors of nursing, we are all cognizant of the fact that safety and maternity services is a real priority. Yeah. We've all been around when we've had recent um, high-profile reports and, and issues in maternity services and I for one and I know my colleagues are the same just want to make sure that we're providing a safe service. In order to do that that is going to take and to implement this property properly that is going to take um, a change in culture which we all know doesn't happen overnight, Absolutely. education mm. Negotiating with um, our higher education institutions because we need to now be training our future midwives in this model. They need to be exposed to it as much as they possibly can because this is going to be the way things are. Um, I think the, we have to acknowledge the workforce challenges that many of us are facing. Um, I'm very envious of you that, that you don't maybe have as, as many as we do. But that is changing. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, yeah. 
um, it's about making sure that we move into this with a midwifery profession that has the correct skills yeah. and knowledge and confidence yeah. Yeah. Yes. to yeah. be able to project all of those things to our women and their families. Yeah. What we're really mindful of is we don't want to force any professional to work in this way. Um, for me that's counterproductive and that the women pick that up mm. so my play is support us um, but it's it can be quite difficult you know if when this goes into contracts and and it, it it's not helpful it's the right thing to do professionally I don't think any of us can argue with that because mm. the evidence is there mm. let's do it properly Yes, thank you very much, uh, Mandy. Um, and uh, lots and lots of pearls of wisdom for us from a national uh, perspective. We'll hear from Alison about her pearls of wisdom and then maybe I'll just share a little bit, particularly for the listeners, about some of the things we are doing, but some of the challenges that have been presented to us already and how we're going to work through those challenges to achieve the best for all because ultimately we're all here for women in their families but we need the workforce to be able to do that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. okay thanks Jackie so I think I'll probably touch on some of the similar things that Mandy's done but I guess learning from what's happened in our organization around implementation of continuity of care was is about the need for cultural change and this is not going to happen overnight um, you know there's a big my understanding was that when we started this piece of work that there was a big fear with some of the midwives around actually this is you know fear for them in terms of things that you know having to work of, uh, in areas where potentially they hadn't worked for a long period of time we did have um, we developed an, an OD plan for um, for obviously the midwifery team because of the fear of change etc but things like that do take time so mm -hmm. And if we're going to do that properly and make sure that the staff feel uh, like Mandy's described, you know, um, you know, confident and competent to be able to deliver this safely for um, the ladies and the and the families that deserve it, we will need time to do that properly. Mm -hmm. um, engagement, I think, is key. So, so engaging from the beginning around, you know, with the Royal College of Midwives, etc., which I know you've mentioned that that you've done. Um, I think there was a lot of that we we did we tried to do, and probably a lesson to learn is maybe doing that um, you know from the very very beginning um, in North Cumbria that we could have done things slightly differently in terms of bringing the colleges in so it's about that engagement plan I think the link with education I think is is key the health education um, England aspects and um, just reflecting on on Mandy described a patient story but I think there's nothing more powerful is there than actually that that's a story that Mandy's described about that that lady is actually getting some of the messages about to to the midwives but also to the to the public and to the ladies and families so actually where are people benefiting from this and actually could you NHS England NHS improvement be sharing some of those stories out because actually that's there's nothing more powerful but also about staff experiences so staff that have have found this, you know, midwives that are leading this, what, what's it meant for them, what difference has it made to them, how has it empowered them to feel like they're making a difference to ladies and young people. So staff and patient stories, I think, are really important. And probably the, the final thing I was just going to say was about the regional networks and 
and um, you know we have regional I'm sure all areas do um, regional maternity networks where we have all the clinicians coming together and that sharing about so what's working well what isn't and um, I think that that's something that works well in the north um, we have a regional regional um, network meeting maternity meeting which is led by our regional chief nurse which I attended the last meeting the first one I've been to but we'll go to all of, of, of the future ones going forward but you can't underestimate the learning and the sharing work that went on in that meeting and I think if you you know there's areas there's some of the organizations where are really struggling to deliver this but you could hear that in the room I know it was the first meeting I've been to but you could hear in the room that networking going on in the break so how have you tackled this what's what and they could share from each other so some areas will be struggling with but actually some might be doing really well and that that's really powerful so I think that's something that I think would work work really well if, if it was shared across. Great um, Alison you've shared some really poignant things that we need to embrace and take forward thank you so much for that um, uh, but there are key things that I now need to share with with colleagues I think that there is something about our communication and um, dare I say our, our comm strategy our, our our lead for comms is sitting outside this room as we speak so so there is a challenge isn't there about ensuring that that good news story from the start we, we so we have the women's narrative and that's loud and clear and that's why we have the recommendation in better births and we continue to have the women's narrative and mandy eloquently shared that story of that um, um women who had um that um, laryngeal challenge uh but we also have the narrative from the staff those who have experience of things working well those who have experience of things when they haven't worked well um, and, and, and what we need to do about that to ensure success so that staff narrative is really key and I'll take that back our early adopters who were implementing um, creating the blueprint for continuity going forward have a story to tell and there are some video clips that I think we can communicate in a better way so it has a better reach so that people can hear these fundamental messages I think the culture narrative was really key and both both of you talked about that change in culture that doesn't happen overnight and in particular Mandy um, shared really poignantly about staff that they're not de-skilled because this is going out nationally so they're not de-skilled but there's something about midwives being able to work in all areas and if you have been working in the community for the last 10-15 years and then the expect expectation is that tomorrow you work and provide intrapartum care that's labor care then that will be a challenge so there are some hospitals in England where there's 100% integration and they haven't their their staff aren't de-skilled so i guess those that have a model that is different can learn from those that have the integration and then there are obviously the workforce challenges with uh, vacancies and such like so the skills base um uh, narrative is key and we need to see what we can do to support the system in that integration without destabilizing just to comment about something really exciting that's happening for the pre-registration midwifery standards so they're currently um, under consultation the NMC will take a view toward the end of this year 
following the open consultation about the pre-registration with referee standards and proficiencies. Uh, Dr. Mary Renfrew has uh, um, been instrumental in leading that piece of work. And I'm really excited to note, and it's something, that, a challenge for Mandy about, are the undergraduates skilled? Within those standards, there is continuity of carer. There are continuity of carer references. And what our AEIs, our academic education institutes, and our mentors have to do to ensure that the workforce that you've mentioned are able to deliver this for tomorrow because the overwhelming message from both of you is it's not just about today mm. it's about sustainability and it's about tomorrow mm. so in conclusion it, I, you know I, I'm delighted to have heard your perspective I think we're all on the same page we all have the interests of women and their families at the heart we've had some great pearls of wisdom from um, Nottingham University hospitals uh, provided by uh, Mandy we've had phenomenal feedback um, pearls of wisdom and insights from Alison from Cumbria University hospitals and now Together, we will ensure that by 2021, most women will have continuity of carer. Thank you very much to our chief nurses. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Jacqueline.